This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big. This is Arjun Sen, welcoming you to this episode. Winning is always fun, but I have seen that when you big, you know, when you win big, it puts you in a position to sustain that win over a period of time, and that becomes real fun. In this podcast, you listen to leaders from all walks of life all around the world, because each one of us are unique and no two winning paths are the same. So with that, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Partha Sinha. And as I read his accomplishments, I also want to share my pride because, you know, Partha has been an amazing friend of mine. We went to IIT together and I've seen him blossom. And having one of the best seats in the house to see this amazing leader evolve has been truly a pleasure and an honor. So Partha today is the president of Times of India Group, India's largest media group that owns two of the country's leading newspapers. During COVID-19, while everybody else was trying to figure out how to survive, yes, everybody was trying to figure out how to survive, Partha changed his job and joined the Times of India group on the second day of a nationwide lockdown. Before that, he had an incredibly successful career in advertising, branding, and media, where he was managing director and vice chairman of McCain India. He also has has a very impressive set of accomplishments as MD of Publicist Southeast South Asia, managing partner of BBH, chief strategy officer of Publicist Asia, Marketing Director of Z, Vice President Strategy of Ogilvy, and also Brand Manager at Citibank. You know, some of his big success stories include uh, Citibank credit cards, the successful launch of Discovery Channel, the resurrection of Kelvinator, a famous uh, refrigerant brand in India, famous relaunch also of VAX69, global launch of Google Chrome, crisis management for Maggie, launch of Reliance, Geo, to name a few. Partha is the vice chairman of Ad Club of India and is the managing committee of many industry bodies. He has been a jury of many global awards, including Cansline and Global FEs. And the last part is very important is it's not just our accomplishments. Accomplishments impact brands. But when you get the recognition to be invited to juries and these kind of committees, that really shows that you are changing a category and you become a true thought leader. Partha, welcome. Thank you, Arjun. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So Partha, I want to start to the issue that none of us can ignore is COVID-19. You know, you took the job on the second day of the lockdown. You know, it's a very significant role, especially in a time like India, a time like this in India. So help me understand is when you took the job, like what was it to take the big job 
during COVID-19. And also, if you may share, what's your vision and role to guide the Times of India group during these current times into mega big wins? Okay. Uh, thank you, Arjun. Uh, well, there is one thing I have always very strongly believed in, which is you can't time everything in your life. I mean, they say that it's absolutely impossible to get the perfect timing in stock market. I also believe that it's absolutely impossible to get the perfect timing in life. So when I landed up in this job in the middle of COVID, of course, it was a very difficult time because everything was shut down. Things were moving at an unprecedentedly slow pace. So what I could have sat and lamented, but I started looking at the brighter side there. We have 27 offices. It would have taken me three months to just physically go to those offices and meet people. In 15 days, I met most of the people. Wow. The acceleration was of another league because thanks to COVID, everybody was very comfortable working from home. Everybody was very comfortable uh, meeting the way we are meeting now, which is over Zoom. So it was so much easier for me to meet people quickly, try and understand where the, where the problems are. So, I mean, I have actually created a term for it. It's called COVID speed. So I learned about my job at COVID speed. So uh, what would have, and in fact, uh, I have been told by many uh, senior colleagues that uh, it seems like I have been in the organization for the last five years. So... Uh, that COVID speed is what really worked in my favor because I knew that if I have to use this, I have to use this in my favor. So I learned about the job. I settled down in the job at a breakneck speed and there COVID actually helped. So as I say that you can't really time anything in life perfectly, but mm -hmm. make the best use of the time that you are in. So I tried to do that and hopefully... Touchwood, so far it's working out for me. Now, the second part of your question is sorry, you were saying oh, something. No, no, go ahead. So, yeah, I wanted you to talk about the vision and role, the Times of India. Yeah, sure. So, uh, there's an interesting thing about the current time. You, you are referring to COVID times and current times. So, you know, like if you look at the changes that are taking place, none of those changes are new or unprecedented. I, I mean, we were seeing early signs of those changes. The more important thing is the rate of change. So what would have taken 10 years has happened in 10 weeks, thanks to COVID. You know, things have got really pushed forward. You know, I mean, we are in a fast forward world. So rate of change, I think, is more important than the change itself. So therefore, the way we are responding as an organization is also to increase our speed to respond to the rate of change. So our decision makings, we are trying to, you know, like make the decision making at the operating level so that we unnecessarily don't waste time. We are, we are trying to create an organization which is ready to respond from different sides. I mean, just to give an example, it's a bit like Amoeba organization that mm -hmm. if you uh, in a in a classical situation your organization responds from a few points, 
we are trying to create a situation where the organization can respond from as many points as possible as many as many points which are touching the market so so that itself is becoming a slightly different kind of uh, organization then also the question of pivoting because everybody has to uh, pivot so my job is to make sure that we can pivot as a team mm-hmm. you can't really pivot at individual points and not the whole team pivoting together so uh, we are making sure that as a team we are nimble enough to be able to pivot quicker and my final point is we know that the uh, events could be happening at a very fast pace but my strong belief is that humans are faster you know let's not forget that thoughts can actually travel faster than light so if we can kind of hone the human power of the organization then we'll be able to respond at a speed which is higher than the speed of change and that is my sole purpose and objective to lead this team wow so if you just tuned in late you're listening to partha sinha uh live and the thing he talked about covid that really you know stuck with me is this whole concept of covid speed instead of finding excuses for everything else is going on what he talked and shared is about the speed at which we are working and he talked about that we are in a fast forward world and even though he can move faster he talked about pivoting a team together which i really think is a very unique concept is and another part was you know which part of was like once you said it really stuck with me was with 27 remote locations you using the current fast forward mode to get in a few weeks to a state where people felt that you're performing as if you have been there for 5 years that itself tells us about how we can ride the changes that covid is bringing to us and sustain that so i want to change gears a little bit and go back to your incredible career of advertising branding and media it's you know a personal intrigue to me you've worked with nearly every mega brand possible and added impact so here's the big question is when you come in as an external partner okay sometimes we are looked at as a vendor how do you add value from day one okay uh, i know adding value from day one sounds like a bit of a pressure but i always try to stick to two basic principles one is sense of objectivity and the second one is pattern recognition sense of objectivity is very important as an external partner you can very quickly see how much denial are some brands living in you know lot of brands live in huge denial you know just to give you an example every ceo thinks that his product is superior but in there has been a deloitte study which says 89% consumers disagree so you know like 89% of the ceos think that their product is superior but unfortunately the consumers disagree now it's very difficult for an internal audience to disagree i mean it's so difficult to tell 
something to your boss which is slightly unpleasant to hear so there there is a sense of agreement which gets built in a committee and that pulls the brand further down we can stand up and say that the king is not wearing any clothes we can stand because that sense of objectivity is very important if we don't bring that sense of objectivity then i don't think there is any way you can add any value and that's the beginning of finding a solution you know like what i always say is that you can never add value unless you can subtract misinformation and wrong judgment you know you can only add value if you can subtract some of the thing which are becoming a news for the brand and the second point is what i call pattern recognition so after working across many categories over many years it's relatively easy to recognize a pattern you know like everybody thinks that their problem is unique right i mean let me tell you a secret it is not many times you can recognize a pattern from the problem and without really saying that the uh, you know like problem is not really unique you understand the pattern and bring in your learning a little quicker to the table so what happens is then when you work with that team when you work with that client team you are already bringing in a sense of direction much before the uh, you know like the problem has been uh, lived with unnecessarily for many many months so i mean i have always believed that you know the physicists and the mathematicians have always told us that the universe runs in a pattern so i think business problem running in a pattern is a very small part of that so we we try to recognize the uh, pattern much earlier and therefore we can bring in a sense of direction much earlier to the system so these two things sense of objectivity and pattern recognition which helps you become useful from day one so it's all about bringing a sense of direction much faster and that happens from the sense of objectivity and the pattern recognition and i really loved this one line is you can never add value unless you subtract misinformation you know misinformation So, you know, Partha, you have been quoted that uh, the one of the things you always look at and you attribute your success to people, you know, observing people, society, and culture. How do you do it? Uh, okay. You know, like it actually happened fairly early in my life. Uh, I read a quote by Charles Revelin. He said, "In my factory, I produce lipstick, but in the drugstore, I sell hope." And that was an eye-opener for me. I said, "So should we be students of lipstick and cosmetic and how women deal with cosmetic, or should we be students of hope and dreams and aspiration?" You know, and I was really worried because you get slightly different answers if you approach it. either from the cosmetic side or from the hope and dream side so that's the first time i realized that there needs to be more lenses to interrogate people than the oft repeated lens of consumer behavior or consumer insight honestly i believe both consumer behavior and consumer insight are slightly overrated lines 
so unless and until you get a fresh perspective to understand people then you will never find a solution which is rooted in human life that's why i started concentrating a lot on uh, culture and society because if you have to understand a person completely you have to understand that person not from the lens of consumption i mean nobody is a coffee consumer that, that person is a father or a mother or a brother or a supporter of a uh, you know like uh, rugby team or whatever i think those things are more important for that person than the act of consumption of coffee if we don't understand the person in its uh, you know like entire entireness whether their dreams their joys their sorrows their aspiration what moves them if we don't understand those pointers it will be absolutely futile to try and understand that person as a coffee consumer or a you know like burger consumer or you know like as a shopper because that is a very small part of that person's life so if i have to find a solution which is rooted in a very narrow lane then mm-hmm. my solution itself will be narrow and often it will miss the target versus if we are trying to get a solution which is rooted in human life your chances of success become much higher so that's why it's important for me to try and understand people from culture and societal angle so how do you do it like when you take a new client how Absolutely. do you get to know their customer or on our day to day i you know i guess you never stop for you it's a continuous journey so how do you you know observe people's society culture without freaking people out okay now a lot of this is actually secondary and not primary uh, because you can't really interview people and understand culture hmm. culture is something that you observe and this has been observed over a period of time so we use a lot of secondary understanding and then map it with the primary understanding of category and consumption and the trick there is to try and connect the seemingly unconnected like just to give you an example uh you know walkman was uh, invented by sony and if you see the cultural pointer of walkman in a country which is all about me myself you know like Uh, i'm i'm sorry to say but many western cultures are like that so there it would be the purpose of a walkman would be listening to music without getting disturbed by others mm-hmm. but when uh, you know akio morita did the uh, invention his entire thing was to be able to listen to music without disturbing others mm. so the moment that lens changes that becomes a significant cultural lens so the act of consumption is the same listening to music by using uh, you know like earphones but the cultural lens becomes different so therefore the way you approach the problem the way you connect with the audience becomes far more meaningful so that is what is cultural connect so basically it is about connecting the dot and connecting the seemingly unconnected mm-hmm. i love that connect the seemingly unconnected i also love the two examples you gave about walkman and also lipstick and hope the hope i think you know connected i think very deeply to a point of time in my life when i just gone to sloan catering where did not know with cancer and did not know where life will take 
And this incredible, amazing nurse, Nancy, she asked me to read a one-page story from the book, Chicken Soup for the Surviving Soul. And that story talked about two doctors in the same hospital treating cancer. One had five times more success rate, five times. And the difference was the other doctor was giving medications which had those huge chemical names. But this doctor wouldn't do an acronym with HOPE, was one of those acronyms, HOPE, LOVE. And that's all the person needed was... And there was a huge difference and the very fact in somewhere like cancer treatment, it can have such a huge impact. And for you to see that, what the person will feel when they get it, that's priceless. And again, I love the example of Walkman and how you showed the whole purpose shifted. So I just also want to know now a little bit on how you got here, okay? Starting from mechanical engineering degree, then MBA, both at, you know, top schools in the country. How did that education put you on the path for future wins or what did you have to unlearn and add or subtract? I'm just using your lingo now to talk to you to be where you are. Okay, Arjun, before I answer that, I want to just take one minute to talk about uh, your experience. First of all, we, as friends, we all know what you went through and therefore you are a huge inspiration to all of us. But also, interestingly, what that other doctor was doing, he was turning a medical issue into a human issue. Mm-hmm. And if you turn things into human, it's bound to have better result than keeping it in the area of specialization. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of it, oncology versus getting somebody on the path of hope. Mm-hmm. Which one is better? Which one would you ever, ever take? So I think at times it becomes really obvious, but we somehow miss that point, you know. Totally. Okay, coming back to your question of education, you know, like, as I always say, there are two good things about a good education. First of all, it makes you realize very quickly that there is always a better solution available than the one you know. Because you are surrounded by smart people. They always do things in a smarter way. There are fantastic professors. They take you down interesting paths. So you always know that the thing you know is fine, but there could always be something better there. I think that realization is very good. You never become strong-headed. And to me, that's a massive win. You know, that to be able to understand that there is always something better available. I see that in, you know, like, just a great example is, Politicians who are very well-educated and politicians who are less educated. You see their approach to life. They, the one who is very well-educated is trying to figure out stuff from other sources. The one who is not very well-educated thinks that it's either my way or the highway. So I think that itself is a significant win. And the second is the people you meet and the connections and the bonding that you create. You know? I mean, one of my key, uh, you know, like advantage is that I'm friends with people like you who keep on pushing you throughout your life. I mean, we may not do it consciously, but I will keep on pushing you. You will keep on pushing me. And that is an incredible asset without Mm -hmm. even physically pushing your friends from this kind of places, this connection that you make, they, you know, like keep pushing you. These are the two things. And as a bonus, I may say something slightly 
funny, which is these kind of places teach you also not to take yourself very seriously. Absolutely. You know, take your work seriously, but don't take yourself very seriously. The moment you take yourself seriously, there'll be somebody who will bring you down to earth. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic experience, which I had both at IIT and at IIM. And I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you talk about the take yourself seriously, it reminds me of examples from a sports personality who told me that you only play the game when you wear the uniform. And then you take your uniform off and you get back to life without which you cannot focus 24 seven. And I really think you become a better player or professional when you're putting your uniform on. I also think what's the thing that you talked about, I think this is such an important lesson for all of us because we get with success, strong headed, as you said, I also would say at times arrogant and close the door window to everything because we're everything we know it all. And I really think that whole, that attitude that you said, and you know, it's in your DNA about there are always solutions better than what I know and what, you know, what you know at any time. And surrounding yourself with people who bring that to you, I really think that is one of the keys to having ongoing success and big wins. Uh, You know, many a time when we look at wins, the opposite side is sometimes, you know, big failures because not every time, every situation we control And I've always talked to leaders and realized that there are times each one of us face situations in life at profession, which are really gets scary. Like it becomes somehow, you know, people write us off and saying, you can't come out of this. But the true leaders overcome those and put them on the path to the biggest of wins. So can you talk about a challenging situation in your life when you face that? But more importantly, you know, how did Partha believe that he will guide him and the team to one of the biggest wins ever? Okay. Uh, I will talk about the challenge a little uh, uh, towards the end of this uh, uh, part of the conversation. But I, I want to start with some of the things that I figured out a little quicker and made sure that the team around me also, uh, you know, try and believe in that. The first one was stop judging. Not everyone is coming at things from the same lens. You know, you judge people only when you think that, you know, this is the way things will be done. No, there are different people. They approach life very differently. So not everyone is coming at it from the same lens. That's number one. Number two is, I think the massive one for me, which is perfection is overrated. You know, because timeliness is more important than perfection. Because in the quest of perfection, you at times miss the bigger point of what you want to achieve. And this is a very academic thing, you know, like, and that's why uh, academics get, uh, you know, like very dissociated from industry at a very early age because academicians are looking for perfection. But I think timeliness at times is more important than perfection. And the third one is, you can't learn everything by yourself. Take help. And what is the best help you can take? Reading books. Somebody has already done the work. You know, what we, what in college we used to call, you know, look at the uh, work that the last year's class topper had done. So, mm-hmm. you know, he had already done the hard work. So, you may learn something from there. So, similarly, read. So, these are a few things which I learned fairly early and made sure that people around me learn so that mm-hmm. uh, we can we can move faster. 
one of the key challenges i faced was a very interesting one it's slightly personal in nature so uh, you know when i uh, joined iim i joined after work experience and unlike in the us in india people join directly after college so i was on the higher age bracket compared to the rest of the class i only had about uh, two and a half years of experience but still i was amongst the you know like uh, senior people in the class and i was a little worried about that that you know like uh, how will i be judged by the potential recruiters and what happens how do i and then as time progressed and i figured out that what is what i was worrying as age for me a lot of people were seeing it as maturity and i myself didn't see it as maturity the moment i started seeing it through their lens i started feeling confident and i said okay maturity has a huge value and of course it started getting uh, you know like proved in early years of my career that i was a little more mature than some of my uh, you know like contemporaries because obviously i had what for more number of years so it was a fear and it was an apprehension which eventually turned into some strength and it happened because i learned to see it from other people's eyes and not from my own eyes because i was insecure so, so to me i really love this concept of lens that is the thread that you take all through so you talked about using it for customers instead of looking at them as consumers you looked at them as humans you talked about team members instead of seeing them from your point of view you talked about seeing them understanding their lens but now you just added this new dimension of self lens where you're looking at your personal brand too instead of you just looking at that to be a negative to be the oldest in class you all of a sudden not all of a sudden you evolved to seeing yourself as the most mature in the class who could put experience and education together and i really think that this different lenses is one of the biggest takeaways for me in this uh, conversation so i want to you know switch gears and with you know to me it started with talking to some of the top athletes i realized there are words that they remove from their dictionary you know one of the athletes to me talked to me about how at an early age took a dictionary and literally removed the word no from there okay because he told me that no is the most dangerous word because as kids we learn to ignore the word anyway when my parents told me don't put your hand in the electrical box i put it because no is gone so what are few words or phrases which are removed from parthas dictionary okay uh, i i want to talk about one not a set of word but one like two words which are related it's it's like let me put it a little differently i think the words are there in my dictionary but i've never understood the meaning of those words you know and fortunately or unfortunately is linked one word is linked to the title of your podcast and the other one what is opposite of that it's winning and losing you know to me the idea of winning at the cost of somebody else i have never understood to me winning was when things around me generally improved so you know like the whole idea that it's a zero sum game if you win somebody else loses is something i have i have never understood so therefore maybe that has always made me a uh, slightly better team player than many people i know because i think that if kind of everybody wins then is winning mm-hmm. if if anybody loses 
then I think the fun of winning is out. I know it's contrary to sport. That's why maybe I'm not a great sports person or anything. But I have never understood the idea of why should why should somebody feel horrible when I feel very good. So this is this is something which I have always struggled with. I don't know the words are pretty much there in the dictionary, but I've always struggled with the meaning of it. Love that, love that. You know, you cannot win at the cost of others, and I really think also it's not a zero sum game. And I really think that based on where you have been operating on the client side, unless it's a win win, you cannot ever win alone and survive and have a sustained reputation. So, what's the one th- person or incident that inspired you the most, Parth? Again, this is a personal story, you know, and I didn't know that it'll actually inspire me. So when my son was born and he was about maybe seven months, six months or something, mm-hmm. and I was offered a job by a very famous and big consulting company. Mm-hmm. And I figured out how the life would be. And I found out that it entails kind of six days of traveling. So I thought about it. And typically those kind of job offers, nobody says no to. And I thought about it and I said to myself, what do I want to do? Do I want to see my son growing up or do I want to be on an airplane most of the time and uh, be extremely, you know, like busy executive uh, or create a busy executive career? So I decided that I want to see my son growing up Hmm. and I let that opportunity go. After that, every time I looked at my son, actually growing up and we are playing and you know spending time together i i kept on feeling inspired and i learned one massive lesson that you know if you get your priority right i mean it's not that every time i can get my priority right but that time somehow i could get my priority right if you can get your priority right you can never repent mm-hmm. you know you will you will every time you look at the result of that priority you feel happy you feel inspired so it's a it's a massive learning for me and that decision and that one point always made me feel very good about myself and I felt inspired about it. You know, that's such an amazing example. Uh, there has been an amazing human being professionally. She was working with me. Her name is Cody Roper. Cody was an amazing, amazing team player. And when Cody and Brandon, they st- we're expecting their first baby. Cody had this conversation with me by saying, Arjun, I'm having a dilemma. You know, I can work with you remotely and I want to work with you remotely. But I don't know what to choose, whether to work or to focus. And then she said, one they called me one day and said she quit. And I said, I'm happy that you quit. And she said, no, Arjun, you need to understand the reason is five years from now, I may regret not working for you but I'll overcome that. But if I regret not being there for my child, I won't recover from that. And you know, when you're talking about it, it just took me back to amazing Cody Roper. And that day, Cody had a kiddo much, much younger than me, taught me this amazing lesson in life. And talking about lessons, Partha, I want to say that, let's say, you know, we are sitting in 2020. Okay. If I take you back to that Partha in 1986, graduating from IIT Kharagpur, what would you tell that kiddo? One advice. Actually, I let let him know a big secret of life. You know, a simple big secret of life. 
most people pretend to know much more than they actually know so don't be afraid when i started off my life i thought everybody knows more than me everybody is so well informed and stuff like this slowly i figured out it's a lot of pretension so you know be yourself whatever you know is fine express yourself learn more of course learn more but express yourself more confidently so i want to tell that secret very early possibly to a younger partner i i think i think i would have been less tentative and more confident i love that and it, you know, to me it's like such a unique thing when i ask this question this is one of the very common answers and that's what i think for leaders is so important is the do not be afraid because fear sometimes prevents us from jumping forward and this is so powerful so partha finally the one of the last questions is i always find that success that is planned and has a process can be repeated because random success is a one time you know miracle so what's uh, you know part of a routine like what's the first thing you do when you start every day is there a routine you know the last thing you do when you're finishing your work day okay the first thing i do i mean i i will answer it from the way i start my work day rather than just uh, i like get up from bed so uh, the way i start my work day is first thing i do is to reset the counter i cannot change anything that has happened till yesterday it's it's uh, you know it has already happened it has already taken place so i should know what has happened till yesterday but reset the counter because it is another new set of beginning so unless you reset the counter you know like the the way you uh, you know like uh, put the lap lap timer and stuff like that you can't take the second lap so you get unnecessarily bogged down by what happened till yesterday it's great to know that but first thing i do is to reset the counter so know the detail but know that it's another beginning and the last thing that i do is it's actually not the last thing but when i'm winding up i try to figure out in the next 10 to 15 minutes what are the three four things that i can make better so that my anxiety leaves me hmm. i can't make everything better again i can only make two three things better if i find the answer is no you can't make make, make anything better what you have done during the day then your anxiety has already left you alternatively you may find that these couple of things i can do a little better try and do it so that your anxiety leaves you if you are going back with anxiety which which actually will not only hamper your work it will also you know like hamper the rest of the day your it will it will eat into your drinking time it will eat into your time with your buddies it will eat into your time with your family and netflix so all those will go that's amazing so what's a yesterday i posted on facebook us time late in the evening about this facebook live and i got 14 messages till this morning from people who really wanted to know how you do it so i really want to applaud you for having this fan club so what's the best way people who are listening to you today what how can we reach you i am very widely available on twitter so parthasena twitter so at the red parthasena alternatively anybody i'm i'm happy to take email from anybody my email id is parthapisinha@gmail.com so i'm i'm actually very happy communicating with people i love doing it my job is about people i love interacting with people so 
you know like any any kind of calls and interactions are always uh, very very welcome that's amazing thank you partha for sharing that thank you thank so you arjun today, yeah absolutely so today this was incredible set of learning from partha sinha uh president of the times of india group and at the very beginning what partha opened my eyes with two simple concepts one is it's absolutely impossible to wait and find the perfect time which means you make the best of time secondly he right away jumped in without making any excuses and talked about when times change you ride the wave and he talked about doing things in covid speed because that is the new natural speed and he talked about how we have to now literally play the game in a fast forward mode you know another amazing nugget was about the whole concept of different lenses and i think all through your you know sharing you talked about the different lens on the customer side look at them as a human aspect instead of the coffee consumer look at them as the dad who is just getting the little break the lipstick and the hope was a brilliant example about opening our eyes to the lens of looking at the team their views and their perspective and the self lens to see yourself i think is very important all through the thing that also hit me hard was your consistency on how you shared about solutions are always rooted in human life because that's when humans need the solution and you talked about connect the seemingly unconnected i really think partha there's a longer conversation we can have there but again that is such a thought provoking concept that you look at another thing i think also was to be a leader i think you know for a leader you need followers which means you need a team that believes in you but at the very beginning you need to be open and that concept about there are always solutions better than what you know i really think that actually opens the door because you can ask me arjun what do you think but i can know from your expression whether you want to know or you don't and a leader to create that situation is priceless and finally i just if this you know it's very tough for me to choose between the different lenses but if i have to choose one this is the concept i will keep using over and over again and attribute to you because you gave me this amazing lesson is you can never add value unless you can subtract misinformation misconceptions or anything else partha this has been incredibly amazing for those of you who are listening to this live on facebook i really appreciate you listening please share subscribe and very soon we'll bring you another leader from another walk of life but partha your sharing is simply amazing and for me personally being a friend seeing you evolve in your career this was really an amazing fortunate moment for me thank you again arjun thank you very much for getting me on your show i know that we are uh, close friends and therefore i got some preference uh, to to come to the slot but i really really uh, you know cherish this and i'm i'm very happy to be able to talk to you about uh, you know varied subject and as you said there are some topics which can always be discussed at later dates so happy to do that either 
formally or even informally when we meet next. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And of course, as I have to have the final word, it's not coincidence you are here because we have a criteria that every person who is here internally as a team, we go through and ask two questions. One, do we respect that person? And secondly, do we get inspired by the person? Do we like listening to that person? And you meet both those criteria at a very high level. Thank you again, Parthi. Thank you. Thank you. I'm humbled. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.